Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. Hi, friends. In today's episode of the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, I sit down with the legendary trainer, Gunnar Peterson. This guy is an absolute legend in the space. He has trained everyone from the Kardashians to Jennifer Lopez to athletes in the NBA, NHL, NFL, any and every major sport team. And I am bringing him to you. In this episode, we get to the nitty gritty of how to design an exercise plan for fat loss while maintaining skeletal muscle. Movements everybody should do to stay fit for life. Gunner clears up the confusion about when to do high-intensity interval training versus zone two training. And probably most translatable is how to design an exercise plan for beginners. Gunnar Peterson is a certified national strength and conditioning coach. He's a graduate of Duke University. This guy is extremely smart. He's an editor and wrote a regular column for Muscle and Fitness Magazine for over a decade. He's on multiple advisory boards. He has done frequent television appearances, Today's Show, you name it, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. This guy is the real deal and he is here to support you. As always, if you like this episode, please take a moment to share, rate, review, subscribe. I put this content out for free, and the only thing that I ask is that you pay it forward. Paleo Valley has graciously sponsored this podcast. I love Paleo Valley beef sticks. I love them so much that I have been hounding the company to send me more, and here's why. Their beef sticks are 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, and I am telling you, when you taste these beef sticks, you will never be the same. They are fermented. They have a different kind of texture. They are amazing for your gut. They have omega-3 fatty acids, vitamins and minerals, glutathione, CLA, and of course, bioavailable protein. The thing about protein is we're not just eating for the macronutrient protein. We're eating for the food matrix, and the food matrix includes all the things I just listed, vitamins and minerals, omega-3 fatty acids. This will ensure your capacity to stick to your plant. Also, tastes great. The kids will love it. Head on over to paleovalley.com and use the code DRLION. That's paleovalley.com slash DRLION and you will get 15% off your order. Again, I cannot recommend this product enough. We use it in our house. The kids love it. I travel with them. A great protein-rich snack that's easy to grab and go. Thank you to Timeline for sponsoring this episode of the show. This is the game-changing supplement, and it is called MitoPure. Is Especially important with this conversation that Gunnar and I are talking about muscle, metabolism. In order to have effective skeletal muscle, you have to have healthy mitochondria. And that's exactly what MitoPure does. It is a 
postbiotic. It's a pomegranate postbiotic where 30% of people cannot actually even make it. It has over a decade of scientific literature behind it, truly extraordinary. And urolithin A, MitoPure, is the first and only clinically tested, highly pure form of the potent urolithin A. What does it do? It impacts mitochondrial health. How do you feel mitochondria? You feel more energy. And as we age, our mitochondria become less efficient. One way to combat this, and by the way, I think this is going to be the next biggest thing, is by using urolithin A. And I recommend MitoPure. Please do not wait. Try this. If you add one thing to your regimen, it should be MitoPure. Head on over to TimelineNutrition.com slash Dr. Lion. Again, that's TimelineNutrition.com slash Dr. Lion and use the code Dr. Lion. You will get 10% off your first order of MitoPure. Gunnar Peterson, I'm so excited to have you on the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon show. And by the way, I met you in person when we were at the Strong event in New York City. I believe it was last year. And I have to tell you, I was so blown away by listening to you talk and watching you interact with people. You are, and I was blown away by the fact that we have so many mutual friends, and you could put up with, and you could put up with those people. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> shout out to Ray Cash Care and, and Don Saladino. Big so funny. Um, yeah, big shout out to Ray. Yeah, and Don. love those guys. But it, there, there are there are a couple, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> so funny. <laughs> um, just kidding, Mel. Uh, that's Don's wife. Oh, and Trish. Just kidding. But what really struck me She's about kidding. you is that you have and do work with some of the biggest names in Hollywood, from the Kardashians to just everyone, a, a whole bunch of A-listers, yet you're so humble and so charismatic and so interested in making things better for people. There was absolutely no ego, which, no offense, I, I just, I didn't know what to expect. I would love, yeah, go ahead. I was in the right, uh, look, I'm in the right place. It's funny you talk about humility, but how can anybody be anything but like you're in the right place to train those people? You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm at the crossroads of if they're going west to east or east to west, they were passing my gym in in Beverly Hills. So I'm I'm a logical pick. It's private. Uh, You try to provide a service that, that is up to the, the level, up to the standard that they experience in the other realms of their life. You try to match that and surpass it. And if you keep delivering and you work at that day in and day out, then then to me, it stands to reason that, that they'll be comfortable coming back. You know, and you've also been in the game. How long have you been a trainer? This is year 32. <laughs> and that is a lot of longevity. And I'm sure you have seen a lot of trends. I'm sure that there are certain things that you've tried that haven't worked, things that you've tried that you were really surprised that worked. What would you say... Um, especially with your clientele and how you help the rest of the world. I know that you're very involved in F45. You're very involved in the fitness space. Would you say that there's one particular trend? Is it fat loss? Is it hypertrophy? Is it different from the celebrity versus the regular, a non-celebrity person? So, no, that's uh, that we'll touch on. Um, I would say, here, here's just to give you an idea of the span, 
when I got into fitness, women wanted their asses to be smaller, and now they want them to be bigger. So we've we've come that whole way. We've done that whole continuum. Uh, as far as trends now, I don't know if it's a trend, but I think men uh, on the man on, on the male side, I think they're looking more for an athletic physique. It's not you know bigger arms, big chests, and abs. Abs are always a thing, and during at, at some point during the course of the training sure they might say i wouldn't mind being a little bigger here or there but ultimately the training has become at least from my you know my perch um it's more towards athleticism and and functional the ability to do what life throws at you look good feel good kind of thing and now um i think the focus is at least that they're not speaking to the aesthetics as much as it used to be. Maybe maybe that's not de rigueur anymore, right? Maybe it's not cool to say, I want to look a certain way. It comes down to, a, I'd like to drop some body fat and feel better and be able to do X, Y, Z, which I think is probably which is probably trending in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that would be a, a great trend. What are some of the strategies that you deploy? Because again, your patient population or your client population, they have to achieve a goal or... I don't know, they will forever not look good in the part that they are being paid millions of dollars to do, right? There's a certain amount of pressure that comes with that. Yeah, if you're, to- if you're talking about the celebrities and the stuff that's captured on film, that, that does live forever. And I think, but I think that works the other way too. I think sometimes they don't, uh, maybe they don't feel like they hit their mark, so to speak, all puns intended. Um, but I think that th- then they might look back on, at least I've had that with some, and they look back and they go, wow, I can't believe how, how great I looked then. And I was thinking at the time, I actually have a great picture on the wall from one that it says, uh, when I look this way, she wrote, when I looked like this, I didn't feel great. Looking back at it now, I do. And that's, to me, I'd rather see it that way than, than the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you talk about the athlete population, right, that's that's also money on the line, performance on the line. And I will say that's one population that 100% will bypass aesthetics for performance. If you tell them, if we do X, Y, Z, uh, the yield will be this in your performance, but it's going to make your body look you know, funny or disproportionate, they'll say, no problem, I don't care. Other populations don't embrace that as readily. Mm. And when you, so let's say we'll start with fat loss, because that's probably something everybody listening would love to do, potentially. How do you initiate a training plan? What are what are you thinking about as um, when you start with your clients? Well, I don't, uh, I, I stay... I stay away from the nutrition. I can give them broad strokes nutrition stuff, but I'm going to probably push them in the direction of a specialist. This is, you know, the era of specialization, boutique fitness, that kind of thing. So I, I will give them broad strokes if that's something they're open to, but I don't push it. You got to you got to take care of one problem at a time. Don't try to fix the whole car at once, right? Um, and I push them towards lifting. I always push towards lifting men and women. You have to lift weight. I, and I go so far as saying like at a certain point, in your life let's you know let's pick the magic 30th birthday if you're not lifting weights it's almost irresponsible from from an osteoporosis standpoint from a connective tissue strength standpoint from a lean tissue maintenance or 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 building standpoint it's irresponsible you have to you have to impose an external load on the body yes calisthenics are fine i have no problem with body weight stuff there are certainly ways to make that intense enough but we have a lot of other fun tools and i don't care if that's 
you know, pneumatic or water or uh, bands, you know, or, or just old school iron, whatever it's going to be, there are ways to add a load to the body. And you have to, you have to get behind that to understand what your body can do and how far you can take it and, and, and the improvements you can make well into the years when a lot of people are hanging it up. That's amazing. Um, and again, you've been in the fitness industry for 31 years. I just went right to the top, right? Talking to you is essentially going to the top. And what I'm hearing you say is that lifting weights, it is irresponsible by the time you hit the magical number of 30 or but, whatever, if you are not doing it. But I don't, but I don't want to wag the finger and say, dude, I also have this other approach and maybe this has served me. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe it's polarizing. Um, I, I don't care if you work out. I mean, I, want, I, I know the benefits, so I want you to because I want you to feel as great as I feel. I want you to be able to, to have this, this buzz, this jazz all day long. But if you don't want to, no problem. I'm not selling fitness to anybody. I'm not selling exercise. I'm not selling workouts. I'm not selling schemes. You know, at the end of the day, and I tell trainers this, you're not selling exercise, you're selling energy, you're selling enthusiasm, you're selling an experience. They all start with E, but don't get pulled down that selling exercise thing because that's not what you're doing. You're you're opening a door and letting people that's also why when they when they succeed with it, I don't take the credit. And I also don't take the blame because if you're sticking to the program, I know it's gonna work. I mean, you know, I'm not saying focus group of one just because of me, but but I've been through this with enough people from from a variety of demographics. It's going to work if if you're doing the work, it, it works. So, you know, I'm just trying to show you the way. I'm just trying to give you that. But if you don't exercise, no problem. I'm not saying it's irresponsible like that. But I look at it and go, when you're you know bitching about what you can't do, what you used to be able to do, what you wish you could do, but you're not doing anything towards that end, then that's irresponsible. Well, you also have to think about the trajectory of aging, uh, especially with this information overload. I used to think that there was just an information overload in the nutrition and medicine space. I realized that that is, it is, oh. it, it gets very heated in the exercise space, which is shocking to me. Because again, if we're all trying to uh, have the same message, which is move your body, there are multiple ways to do it, but it seems as if the fitness world is a bit divisive. Which I was shocked to it's very, see that. Very much, very much so, and that's why if somebody works out with me, and then they, you know, let's say I, I travel and they take, you know, two Pilates classes or they take two group exercises, they go, "Hey, I really like that." I go, "You should do that because whatever you you can, um, uh, whatever honestly elicits the, I really like that. By all means, you should do that unless it's dangerous, you know, or, or harming others." But you should do that. And I'd rather have you go somewhere and stick – there are 8 billion people. I'd rather lose you to another form of exercise than have you not doing anything or have you doing something you hate. So so that would always be the way. You found something you like. You like Pilates. You like yoga. You like you know, group X. You, whatever it is, by all means, do it. But if, if you can't find your way – Stay here and let's attack this and see because you're going to really benefit from it. Do you this. think that there is a way where it is replaceable? Would you say that lifting weights or resistance exercise could be replaced with um, a different form of training? Sure. I mean, come up with it. There are there are so many group exercise classes that offer a variety. I mean, I would say if you're, if you're using you know, the, the two-pound weights, I think it's time to bump that up. 
but yeah, there's outdoor activity, farming, for example. I mean, great activity, Take you know, taking care of kids and, and running a house. There's a lot of activity that goes into, you know, lugging bags of dog food and groceries and mowing the yard. If you're, if you're doing all that, there's a lot, there are a lot of activities that have that yield. But if you don't have anything that's structured and you're not happy with the way you feel and look or look and feel, depending on what city you're in, because sometimes one precedes the other then then get into a workout routine it's it can actually be super fun if you find a way and i know i drank my own kool-aid a long time ago if you find a way to enjoy the process the rest is just gravy it just it just happens you know it's not even you look in the mirror and go oh i look great it's but you you haven't thought about that because you've been enjoying the workout so much i know i'm a weirdo i wake up thinking about what my exercise is going to be today you know oh i'm going to do four sets of this or two sets of that or i'll do this much cardio or i'm going to add jump rope intervals today or whatever and i know everybody doesn't think like that uh not everyone thinks like that but if you find a way to think a little bit like that you know like put it this way if you if you at least give as much pre-thought to your workout as you do to your next meal, your workouts are going to be super enjoyable. So what would you say, again, some of the most successful, I I know that there's this component of, well, if you like to do it, you'll do it. But for example, we know that resistance training under load really improves insulin sensitivity and and triglycerides and and fasting uh, glucose levels. There's all types of things that healthy skeletal muscle does would you say that the most are are there a handful of really important components to a training pr- uh, plan when an individual is really looking for body recomposition? Yes, I would say you have to think about working in all planes of motion. What does that mean? I think you have for the listener. So, th- sorry. So, three planes of motion: sagittal, which is front to back. Uh, frontal, which is side to side, and transverse, which is in rotation. And a lot of people don't want to work in rotation. They don't want to load in rotation. They're afraid. But you think about when you get in your car, the first thing you do is grab your seatbelt. That's rotation, transverse plane. Think about, you know, there's so many things that there's a – uh, do we talk about Pat McNamara? Pat Mac? You, you know Pat Mac? You must. Oh, Pat Mac, T Mac, so. uh, oh, you must yeah. on, on Instagram. Uh, Delta guy, great guy, and and he has a great quote. He says, uh, "Life saving and ass kicking happen. Uh, Life saving and ass kicking happen in the transverse plane." Mm-hmm. And it's a great quote, and it's true. That's where stuff happens. So you have to work in that plane against load. Stop just doing crunches. I have no problem with crunches, but there's so many other ways to train your core. Work rotation, work uh, from the bottom up, right? Right. Work insertion, work origin. So multiplanar training, not just everything straight ahead, side to side and rotation. And, uh, That's one. and so multiplanar rotation um, versus when you say front to back, would that be like a... I'm saying the, the, average, the average person sets up their workout. Watch them do it, and I, I saw this. Uh, actually, somebody did this in a in a work in a TRX workshop. The guy had everybody put something together, and uh, I think nine out of ten people did all their movements forward to back in the sagittal plane, and they didn't put like lateral lunge side lunges. They didn't do anything uh, rotating, and that's where it becomes more comprehensive and more lifelike, and more it gives back more to what you do in 
in real life. So you have to add those components. You have to rotate. You have to move side to side. You have to move front to back. And what are examples of rotation exercises when, you know, the listeners at home thinking, um, what could they do for adding in rotation? Uh, They can do any kind of banded rotation or a cable rotation. And, And even that, I would say, don't just do it right in the middle. I would say think low to high, high to low. They can do wood chopping movements, right? They can stagger their stance and then do a wood chopping movement high to low and then reverse it low to high. So it looks like a golf swing or a baseball swing or like you're chopping wood, right? Different directions. Um, and you're going to notice you're going to notice your core strength will improve. You're going to notice your coordination will improve, especially if you play with your stance. I wouldn't don't put everything in a bilateral stance. They're, Great. Uh, if you know, there's a coach, uh, Cal Dietz, who's, he's the, I, I don't want to downplay his title. I don't know what his title is at University of Minnesota, but he's a genius. And he wrote a book called Triphasic that uh, when I worked at the Lakers, I, I based a lot of how we worked with um, the rookies, the younger guys who had less training uh, history triphasic meaning focus on the concentric, the eccentric, and the isometric. Give specific time to each each part of the lift, right? The shortening, the lengthening, and the holding still under contraction. Um, But Caldice does another thing. You should just be talking to Cal, not me. Uh, He does another thing where he says they, they looked at how often in life you are standing in a perfectly even bilateral stance. And it's not, it's not very often. You're, you're almost always staggered to a degree or shifted to one side or split stance. So you should incorporate that in your training. You're going to get a different response from the body and, and it serves you in real life more. And you're saying, and just, um, and I just want to highlight this for the listener. You've worked with the NBA, NHL, um, NFL players, uh, baseball, you name it, you have boxing. So you've seen a very well-rounded group of individuals. And you're, thank you so much for your time. And this is very valuable for the listener. Again, we try to make this very practical. I have a lot of scientists on, and there's also other modalities for health and wellness other than just science. We, we need the physical component and we need to be articulate uh, in the way where people need to understand it. Um, so you are saying that the rotation is really important for movements in real life and that that is a core component that we have to get rotation in. You have to go, go from taking the groceries out of the car, picking the baby in and up out of the crib, picking the dog up and putting the dog in the dog bath. I mean, does that involve also taking out the garbage? My husband would not know how to do that. He would be stuck for rotation. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, you can you, you can you can YouTube that. So, what else after uh, rotation? Uh, what else is part of a successful uh, exercise program? I would put some hit intervals in it. Yes. Um, I, I want I want you to sp- I want you to spike that heart rate. I want you to be challenged. I want you to be winded at the for just a brief. And I don't care if it's a thirty second or up to a 90 second. I want you to play with the energy systems in the body. I want you to push yourself to where you're out of breath. How would you, you know, not, not, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I mean, not, not all the time, but I want there to be those little spikes. In it. I'm not going to, nobody, very few people need a cardio babysitter and very few people would hire me to be a cardio babysitter. You don't need me to stand next to you on a treadmill or on a bike and just, you know, push the buttons for you. I could do that during your warm up to get you 
mentally in the gym to get you uh, to pushing yourself past what you might do. If I said, you know, we're going to hop on the treadmill for five minutes, or we're going to hop on the elliptical backwards for five. I do a lot of backwards stuff, treadmill and elliptical, because you work your day to day. You're always walking forward. At some point, let's move that backwards. So, you know, you don't only work one direction. Um, just from a, a symmetry and balance standpoint. Um, and then, so you're not going to hire me for that. That's, I mean, that, that would, that would be silly, but after the warm up in the training, um, for many, for gen pop, right. For the average person trying to change body composition, move better, feel better. I'm going to put in some intervals and it might be something I might do like a, a peripheral heart action type sequence where it's an upper body movement followed by a lower body movement, then a core movement, and then boom, right into a hit interval and it could be uh, an incline walk with an overhead carry mm. it could be a lateral shuffle down a track or on a treadmill it could be sled work it could be anything and it's not going to last that long but it's going to last long enough that you'll remember it <laughs> it's going to last long enough that you'll remember it how do you gauge yeah. someone so if someone is starting out and they haven't really done um, high intensity interval training maybe they've been a cardio bunny or maybe they're just really into the bodybuilding style workouts how do they gauge? Do you say we are going to do 10 reps of 30 seconds? Do you get a sense? How can someone at home begin to think about putting together a training program for themselves with a, a HIT style workout? So they should start, you should train. It's fun to train with somebody if you can. And and I've, you know, I, I train super early, which right out of the gate boxes out a lot of, a lot of uh, contenders. Not a lot Wait, of people time, want to do that. What time is really say, early? <laughs> I'm up at 3.45 and I'm usually on the gym floor by 4.30, 4.40. But there are a lot of people. The, the guy, uh, Colin Shane, who trains with me in Nashville, well, he's – I think he's up at 2.30, 2.45. What time he's are you guys go to bed? Up. That's outrageous. I mean I'm – I try to be in bed by 9. Okay. So I'm better on my sleep but I'm not I'm not as, as good as I should be. I try to get 7. Mm-hmm. If I get 8. I'm a force. Uh, I think Colin, Colin's not married. Doesn't he's engaged, but he doesn't have kids. So I mean, he can go to bed at seven. So whatever, super yeah, whatever. yeah, super duper easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like those guys just say, "I I go to bed uh, right after I wake up," and it's like you know they're kind of outdo outdo. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying by getting by training early, you have a lot less. Part of the reason I train early is because less. It's just math, right? Less people awake, less people to interrupt you, so less phone calls, less emails, less texts. But it also means less options for training partners because not that many people want to do it. But I would say train with a partner and try to maintain a conversation during your hit interval. And that's a great you know, RPE, rate of perceived exertion. Can you, can you talk during it? If you're just chatting away, you're probably not working hard enough. If you're taking a second, you're that guy, it's probably right around where you want to be. Uh, if you don't have a training partner, sing. Sing, fine, you know play play some music have headphones and and sing and if you find yourself stopping because you can't get the air to sing then you may be you may be pushing yourself right where you should be if you're more seasoned but if you're new to it you may be overdoing so pull it back a little bit would you say using a modality like an airdyne bike would be beneficial and how hard so for for example if i were to get up and do a minute sprint on the airdyne after that first 30 seconds, it, depending on if I come out too hot, I'm gassed. So the quality of where I can even keep my yeah. heart rate is, or just the, the kind of wattage output is is abysmal after that. Do you say 
all right, you're going to hit the airdyne. You're going to keep it at, you know, 500, just say arbitrary, 500 watts. And anytime you're below that, you just call it. So I would use, I would use the assault bike and I would put them in there on that same bike. Right. But at first I'm not going to scare them with the wattage. So here's how I would do that. I would say, we're going to do a minute, 10 seconds, easy. And then 10 seconds, like you're being chased, then 10 easy beach cruiser, then 10, like you're being chased, 10 easy, 10, like you're being chased. And by the third 10, they're feeling that. So that's not that minute sprint. I mean, that's big boy stuff that you're doing right there. But when I'm leading people into it, and then maybe the second lap through, maybe it's four tens, and then maybe it's five tens, or maybe we'll play with it and it'll be the same tens, but we'll take the rest down, right? Mm-hmm. So it'll be 10 seconds rest, 10 seconds work, seven seconds rest, 10 seconds work, five seconds rest, 10 seconds work. So we shorten the rest period. So you're, so you're, rest work ratio becomes way more work. I love that. I love that. But I like playing with, I like playing with the numbers with Mm. people and and it's not always 10. The work is not always 10. Sometimes the work, sometimes the work goes up, the rest goes down. I mean, we just play with it depending on who you're working with. How do you keep them engaged mentally and how do you keep the programming so that they're, they're challenged? And there's a difference between being engaged and challenged, right? Engaged, they're focused. They know what they're doing. Challenged, they're actively trying to destroy whatever they did on the last set. Mm. Do you find that – and how long would you go? Is this a 10-minute type of thing? Is this a 20-minute type of thing? Um, on that, if I'm doing that as an interval, I might have five, six – I might have seven, eight, nine movements – with two intervals in those movements. So it could be the rest would be weight training and then spliced in there would be I see. the assault bike or the rower or, or, or a stair climber, that type of thing. Uh, if I were just doing a conditioning workout, it's probably going to be more like five minutes on the bike and then I'm going to move them to something else. Because I think a lot of people have, you know, I don't want to dabble in ADD and ADHD, but I think a lot of people mm. They like mixing it up. And also, I have a lot of fun toys in the gym. So I don't want to be the, like, you can't join in reindeer games over here. You got you to stay, yeah. stay on this one thing. I'm going to mix it up. Why not? If I can elicit the same physiological response and use different toys or tools to do it, why wouldn't I? Your experience is going to be infinitely more pleasurable. Eventually, you'll go to a gym or on vacation where you don't have as many options, and then you're going to have to lock it down. But when you're in the candy store, go nuts. <laughs> so the so we have so far we have rotation, we have high intensity interval training, and basically what I'm hearing you say is that you're not doing typically high intensity interval training as its own session, its own conditioning session. If what I'm hearing you say is one of the things, if someone is I don't know trying to lose fat you're adding in or body recomposition, you're adding in the high intensity intervals in between doing other things. Is that, did I hear you correctly? Yes. Yes. In between the strength training. Yes. Because if I just had people come in and do high intensity cardio stuff for the entire time with me, they would feel like, I mean, I'm going to use a term they didn't get their money's worth, I guess is the way they really feel. It just wouldn't feel like that's not what I, that's not what I came here for. Gunner. Mm. So what I would say is, okay, we're going to do the strength stuff because I also know from a recomp standpoint, the strength, that's really your money shot. Mm-hmm. And, Wait, say uh, that again say, say that again for all the listeners because there's lots of controversy as to how you are really going to move the needle. Just say it again. Let, 
let's see the physiques of the people who have the controversy because no i agree uh, with to, you. to recomp your I agree with you. to recomp your body like you it's it's that's an old actually that's an old uh there's an Arthur Jones clip on that, the guy who invented Nautilus equipment and, and had a hand in strength, and then I think his son uh, did hammer strength. Um, Arthur Jones says you can get in better condition lifting weights. He actually goes as far as saying – you can pull up the quote. You can get – you can become a better runner from lifting weights than you can from running. You can become, You can get in better cardiovascular shape from lifting weights a certain way than you can from running. That's Arthur Jones. I'll take that up with me. I mean, he's, he's passed away, but, you know, call us on. But, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to go that far with the conditioning, but I am going to say from a body recomposition standpoint, if you're going to give me somebody who's going to do just cardio versus somebody who's going to do strength and I can put the strength together, oh, yeah, all day that person's coming out yeah. better, I, better recomped. I mean, I, I see this in clinical practice. We work with trainers all the time, and this is what moves the needle for them. They have to. That's what I was trying to get to in the beginning of the interview is that I don't think resistance training is replaceable. I just, I feel like from a body. But I said, that's a, yeah. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. I mean, I said, I, I, I was, I gave you your twenties and I said at 30, you know, you start at some point, you got to get serious about this and you have to train a certain way. You have to live. You have to, uh, it sounds crazy. You have to lift weights and people balk. And I go, hold, hold, hold. That doesn't mean necessarily clean and jerk, you know, power side. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying not that, but I'm saying if that's where, you know, you go into defensive cat stance and if you get to fight me on it, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have to add external load to the body and, and work against that. You have to, if you want to recomp your body. And if you, you also, just from fighting off like like degenerative diseases and and age related diseases, what are you doing? Like, there's so much information. Why are we having this conversation? That whole thing. Well, you lose ten percent of your body mass every year after. Hold on, hold on. If you're lifting, no, 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 you don't. Your metabolism goes down. What drives metabolism? Lean tissue. It's active tissue versus fat, which is inert tissue. Lean tissue burns calories at a much higher rate maintain the lean tissue. Hey, look, your metabolism is not dropping off precipitously like you were claiming. Maintain lean tissue. You want? You still want to go to Sonic and have a big old milkshake? Keep lifting. You could, you could find a way for all those things in your life. And is it safe to say that um, after a period of time, you can start with resistance bands, but eventually you should graduate to things that have um, translational translational function. For example, maybe you are picking up heavy things and doing a farmer's carry, right? Is it true that after a period of time, it just seems that resistance bands might be a great place to start, but eventually we should all become a little more comfortable moving uh, weights around because it kind of is what happens in real life. I mean, between us and this conversation, yes. I'm not going to fight with the band people. Like, I'm not going to fight with any people. I don't care. I don't, if you want to do bands your whole life, do bands. Go ahead. But I would bet you this. After you've done bands for a while, you're going to look with that yearning eye. You're going you're gonna to want to cheat on your bands. You're going to want to slip over and touch those dumbbells. You just <laughs> are. It's a natural progression. You're, you're not going to want to – the people over with the bands are going like this. And then after a while, they're like, that looks more fun. Can I, can I do one of those? And they're going to want to. It's a natural progression. I'm not saying don't go back. And the other thing is 
the two are not mutually exclusive. They can coexist. Yes. You yes. can do and here's another crazy one. You can attach a band to a dumbbell. Yes. How about that? So you can so you can have it's a little menage right there for you. I mean, doing banded dumbbell curls so much better than just doing banded curls. You're getting that added eccentric. It's it's dynamic. It, why wouldn't you do that? I'm doing those tomorrow. Not right now. I just plan to start my work. I, I start my workout. It. I love it. Yeah. Um, how many, if you were to design this high intensity, inter- so the, do you typically add in a high intensity interval component into every workout or if, would this be a one or two day a week kind of a thing? How, just from a baseline perspective of, of how if you design so, it. If somebody's come, let's say somebody's coming to me five days a week and they're not doing anything outside of the hour with me, then I'm putting it in every single time. Why? If somebody's why, why coming to that? me, why is that for the listener? Because because I because I want their body to feel that I want their body to know that it can, you know, you can rev the sports car, you can you can punch it out of the gate, and then you can slam on the brakes, and you should be able to drive it hard like that at will, and not feel like oh maybe not today. You can do that to the body. Look, at the end of the day, it's only going to be six eight minutes of your total workout were that kind of intensity. So really? And and if I know you're not doing that type of elevated heart rate stuff outside of there, then I think it's incumbent upon me to include that in, in my programming with you because I want you to get those benefits. I want you to get the heart health from it. I want you to feel your body rev that high. And I want you to know that you can you can handle something, which is it's probably going to involve some speed too, whether you know if you're if you're pushing on that assault bike, you know that that there's some speed there's elbow their elbows flying and you're moving and i think that's good to move like that you know you look at people it's like they get to a certain age and everything slows down they move slowly they they drive slowly they ride they ride the bike slowly you should be able to let it rip in the gym Mm. and you easily could do that five days a week six to eight minutes that's nothing right nothing in your in your in the within the context of your total workout it's nothing So, but, but, it, but it will yield terrific benefits. What kind of benefits do you see when people, because people typically, I have to say there's, it's usually, uh, it, it's, there's usually a dichotomy, right? Typically we have the individuals that are just doing cardiovascular activity and then we just have weights. Very rarely do people, I mean, 50% of Americans are not working out. I'm just going to say that. So while, you know, you've been in this industry for so long, for you, this is uh, kind of like brushing your teeth, but I would say for the majority of us, the idea of doing a high intensity interval session within a weight session is something that is maybe a bit new to them. How would they, how would you think about doing it? Would you do a high intensity interval assault bike? And then you would do, I don't know, what would be your next exercise? How many more before you take a break and then circle back? Thank you to First Form for sponsoring this episode of the show. I would love to bring your attention to Microfactor. It is a complete daily nutrient in a small, convenient pack. It is a hassle to take a bunch of supplements that you have to go to the bottles, take them all out, or even pre-pack your vitamin counter. You don't have to do this with Microfactor. Microfactor has a small little pack with antioxidants, CoQ10, essential fatty acids, it has even a fruit and veggie cap, and a multivitamin, as well as a probiotic 
This product is a foundational health product. There are a handful of things that you must do right. And if you are not eating perfectly, which many of us are not, then it is imperative to get a great multivitamin. And this is one way to do it because it has a multivitamin and a number of other amazing and important things to health support your wellness journey. Head on over to firstform.com slash Dr. Lion. And when you spend $75, you get free shipping. Thank you to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode of the show. Health and fitness is really important. Looking good is really important. What's probably more important is what is going on within your body. How you look is not necessarily how you are. You must check. You must know what your insulin is. You must know what your ApoB status is, which is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. There are a million, that's an exaggeration, there are many biomarkers that must be attended to. One way to know what those numbers are is to get them done. That is why I love Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker will take your blood, it will analyze it, it will show you where you are, what you need to improve upon, and what you don't. What's amazing about this is there is no obstacle. Typically, when you go to get blood work, there you might have to wait for your physician or your other healthcare provider. This is a obstacle-free way to execute. Head on over to insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion. That's insidetracker.com slash Dr. Lion for 20% off. We'll also know that like if there's somebody who's trying to put on if there's somebody who's looking for hypertrophy, like gaining muscle size, I'm probably not putting that in there, right? Because it's maybe counterintuitive. Maybe I'll give them a, a lower intensity conditioning program to do outside the gym, like walk, that kind of thing, or, or walk with a weight vest or, you know, go on a bike ride, that kind of thing. But if it's people we're talking about recomping, that's still the, the demographic I had in my mind. Sure. I'm going to put that in there. Yeah. I'm going to do a I'm, I'm going to do a program that I do often called the nines, and it's going to be that's peripheral heart action based, right? So we're, your your body is shunting the blood from one extremity to the other, so the movements will be in succession. But this is not straight set. So if you're trying to body build, this is not for no, no, you. no. And I think this that you- I, yeah, and I, I love the idea of body recomp, and and that's what most people care about. We'll get to hypertrophy next, but from your perspective, body for yes, body recomp. But so I would have you do um, a compound movement for the lower body, and I probably start you with lower body because you're probably not going to start with lower body left to your own devices. So let's just get that out of the way. Then I would. What do, would you do? Uh, would that be squat under load? Would it not be under load? It's 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 going to depend on the person, but some kind of squat, some kind of lunge, some kind of deadlift, some kind of hip bridge, so thrust that kind of thing to get, I want to hit the biggest muscle group of the body, right? I want to hit the glutes. I don't want to hit the legs and I want, and I want that blood to be shunted to the lower extremity. Then I'm going to put you on something upper body, whether it's a pull or a push, depending on the day, depending on what I'm seeing you next, depending on how often we do this, depending on how often you have done this in the past. And then I'm going to do some kind of core movement and the core movement is going to vary by plane. Um, meaning it's going to be, it's going to be sagittal plane like a crunch or it's going to be a frontal plane like a, a side bend or like a Copenhagen plank with a side bend. It goes nicely after a lower extremity movement uh, and the, or, or it's going to be something in rotation. 
right? Like a wood chop, a medicine ball slam, that kind of thing. And then probably going to go into a hit interval. And that's going to either be like that assault bike, or it's going to be a stairmaster. If you're if you're coordinated athletic, it might be a stairmaster, but but going using a crossover step. It's going to be a Jacob's ladder. It's going to be a versa climber, a ladder mill. It's going to be something like that where where you're moving and you're feeling it. And then it's probably be a water break or a sit down. Like holy cow, what do we just do? You know. And and just to clarify the. The lower body exercise, you pick one lower body exercise and then one upper body exercise, or is it more than that? In this no, so that's in the so so if we're doing the nines, like I'm gonna go lower, upper, core, hit interval, and then I'm probably gonna repeat it. Lower, upper, core, hit interval with different movements. I love it. And that's for nine right? times? Is it for nine times? No, no. No, I probably go through it three times, maybe two in the beginning. And I tell people sometimes, look, in the beginning, uh, my goal is to get through this three times. And and sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's eight, but just ballparking. Depends on how many of them are unilateral, right? Like if we have to do left side, then right side, like if it's a lunging pattern, that's going to take more time. And we're on, we're on the clock when they come in. Um, that's going to take more time than if we're doing a squat, right? Just because one side than the other. And then uh at the end that we usually add i often add a little thing you call dessert and it's you know i always go oh it's gluten-free come on you like this and some people are like oh i'm skipping dessert today i'm like hey you're not and that'll be something that can be i mean it could be anything but it's usually something that's gonna ramp you up right we don't go down on dessert like it's gonna be it's going to be an overhead carry for distance. It's going to be an overhead carry for time. It's going to be a wheelbarrow or a sled or uh, inertia waves, or it's going to be something that, that gasses you. And it'll take anywhere from a minute, probably the shortest, but probably 90 seconds to three minutes. And to me, it leaves you on, a, you leave on a high note. So there's a positive association with the experience you just had. You leave like that, which is a great way to leave the gym. But then I also stretch them. So they, so they come down for that. And, and when they're doing that dessert, I pop open the table where I stretch them. And, and it's so Pavlovian. I've had people say to me that that's my favorite sound. When I hear that table pop open, that's my favorite sound. It means I know I'm done. And then you stretch and then they're out. Mm. Um, what is the rep range that you're looking at for the lower body, upper body, um, portion? Depends. I mean, not to be vague, but depends on the movements, right? If they're new to this, it's going to be somewhere. And, and this is a big rep range, eight to 15, eight to 12. But if we're doing something like a step up clean and jerk with a dumbbell, um, as an explosive movement is probably going to be six to eight, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, you've got central nervous system concerns. You don't want to smoke them and have them get all wonky and sling dumbbells over and get injured. You know, you mean like me this morning. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Is that, is that what happened? That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. You see, you see people and then they start going, I can do this. And they're, and they're slinging the dumbbell. Like you're going to hurt somebody and it's probably going to be. Totally. So let's, Let's pump the brakes and bring it. Let's bring it down. Um, and individuals, they you would have them do that five days a week. So that would be a great recomposition for five days a week. That's a great recomp for three days a week, and then I would have them add two activities on two of the other days. And if that activity is a sport, even better because so many people get away from sports, and you know, a sport can be it can be cycling, it can be 
tennis, it could be pickleball, it could be, you know, whatever your thing is. And I'm not saying bowling is not a sport. That's a whole other conversation. But if if you're drinking beer during the sport, you're we're, we're on different pages. Right. So come on, guys. Uh, that is hilarious. And after that, um, how fast do people anticipate seeing changes? You know, people obviously want to f- see it right away. I'm, I'm sure it depends on age, but do people ask you, how fast is it going to be till I see some change in my body? All the time. And then I go, look, 168 hours in a week. You're here. You told me you're here three times this week. First of all, let's see if you're here. But then also tell me what you're going to do during the other 165. Yeah. Right. And then do you have them say, okay, you're going to hit a target walking goal? I mean, you've gassed them pretty bad three days a week, which is amazing. Um do you have them do other things? I know you said the other two days sport, but what about the non-exercise activity? Well, I say sport or activity. I say sport if I can get you to do sport. If it's activity, it's activity. If I can get you to walk in one direction 15 minutes and then turn around and try to get back to your start point in less than 15, that you know forces you to keep a pace. And you can do that before dinner or after dinner, that kind of thing. I'll take that as an activity. Mm. If it's something more robust, yay. And, and, you know, closer to your goal. And if you're making better choices at the table and better choices at the bar and better choices at bedtime, all those things play, uh, play their respective parts in this overhaul we're doing here. So that's, again, it goes back to, I can't take the blame. I can't take the credit. We're doing something here. You know, I didn't feel sore from that yesterday. Okay. Are you saying we didn't do it? Did I imagine that you were here? Like, I know what you did. You know what you did. You know, that sore is just is just one benchmark. Like there's so many ways to look at the efficacy of a program. Yeah. So you you tell them essentially it's not about how they're feeling. It's really about what you saw them execute and do. Probably I'm sure they work with someone on their nutrition and then their recovery. All right. Stay in a calorie deficit, not a huge one. Like if you're eating you know, if you're burning, you know, 2,800, don't drop it down to 1,200, you know, take it down 2,500, go down to 2,300, go down to 2,000 over time, get in a calorie deficit, stay in a calorie deficit, focus on your sleep. I just read a thing the other day, and I don't want to misquote it, but the might have been Stan Efforting said that sleep was more important than I said cardio. Uh, yeah, it was Stan. Yeah, for, I saw that for 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 fat loss, mm. and I was like, yes, yes. I tell people all the time, take it if you can get an extra hour of sleep. First of all, you can't eat when you're sleeping, so you're way ahead of the game already. Second I don't know all, about that. I've seen some people eat while they're sleeping. But. That's terrifying. <laughs> but and then you go, and your body is at rest, and that's when the magic happens. I mean, that's when it recovers. That's when it rebuilds. That's when it recharges. Which means your next workout will be more, you'll have the potential to put more into that workout. So you're getting the recovery, you're able to to hit the gas harder the next time. And it was another hour that you weren't like picking at something in the, you know, in the cookie jar. Great. We're winning. This is a win, win, win. Recovery is a huge component. Tell me about that. Why? You know, in my mind, I think, and this is great because you're setting the record straight. I would say most people are not training hard enough where recovery is a necessity. And listen, I've gone through periods of just, 
you know, my book took two years to write. There were days in the gym where I just wasn't training. As I was showing up, but it, it wasn't as hard as I could have gone. But I think that's a, but but that but that's okay. Not every workout has to be PRs, fire and brimstone. I'm lighting this place up. I'm breaking shit. Well, you know, it doesn't have, have to be, be that. Like, okay. No, it doesn't have to be. You'll see when you're older. You'll see. Uh, showing up is people say fifty percent. Sometimes showing up seventy percent. That's thank God you're here. Let's just do something. Um, and when you have more, you know, give it more. And I and I will say it too. If you only have twenty minutes today, okay. Well, hopefully, maybe there's a day on the weekend when you have an hour. You have an hour and a half. Let's let's see what it is. There are other places you can chip away uh, time and your schedule to to add to the world. Well, I don't want to spend my whole day in the gym. All right. Well, when you say it like that, already mentally you're not in the right mm. place. You should be excited to spend whatever time you have, mm. whether it's 20 minutes or hour, whatever it is, and just take it for what it is. Stop evaluating and, and you know, micro analyzing every single rep and workout. That's not what we're doing. You, you didn't get this deconditioned for this long because, and, and now all of a sudden you're going to fine tooth comb the whole thing. That's crazy, crazy. So recovery, recovery is huge and it comes in a lot of forms, right? Sleep being number one, the one we all get, uh, body work, whether it's if you have the time and the, and the, the luxury and the wherewithal to get massages or you're using, you know, a Theragun or any handheld percussive device or, um, ice bath or sauna or infrared sauna or, you know, meditation, um, there's so many ways, just finding ways to lower your stress levels, which also help your body recover and make sure you're hydrating and make sure you're getting enough quality food spread out throughout the day. So you don't care necessarily um, what the modality of recovery is, aside from sleep. No, uh, I, I do. But if but if if you're starting with a blank slate, I'm going to say, you know, what speaks to you? What sounds good to you? What do you like? You might be, I don't like massage. I don't like anybody touching me. Okay, I got that. No problem. I'm not going to say, oh, you got to try this massage person I have. No, no, no. They'll turn you around. I'm not I'm not selling it to you. Fine. You don't like massage. No problem. No problem. I what got would it. you say, if you were to pick one for yourself, what would you say that you feel is the most re um, effective recovery tool? In the last 18 months since I moved to Nashville, I got one massage and I actually got it when I went back to LA for Ben Bruno's wedding. And my wife said, you have not had a massage since we've been there. I booked you one. I go, babe, you're the best. Uh, but massage is great. And I know how much I need it. But for me, it's a, it's, I have to train myself to, to lie there and be still. And, and I'm not great at that, but I'm, I work at it, but I always know that I feel so much better after a massage. But if I can't get that, I use a Theragun religiously. Mm travel with it. You do. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter where, is it always hips and hamstring or quad? Does it, does it matter where you do it? It's, it's, it's almost always hamstrings, low back. Sometimes it's biceps, pecs and armpit. It's like try to get, try to get underneath, right? Because I, I get shoulder stuff. So if you can get the shoulder from underneath, from, from inside it, uh, I feel I feel that, and that's because I had Dr. Jason Worsen, the Theragun guy, actually work on me once, and he drove the Theragun up my arm. I thought, I, I go, dude, are you robbing me? Who's? I've never been pushed like that under there. But the relief I got from it was tangible. So I try. I can't replicate the intensity, but I try to. That's fascinating. And then, and then anywhere I try to do the traps, but I feel sometimes like when I'm trying to do my traps, like I feel like I'm tightening them while I'm doing them. So I have trouble with that, but I try. Mm. I foam roll. 
Uh, I stretch religiously. I stretch every day, every day. And it's anywhere from eight to 15 minutes. And I had a guy once say to me, that's not long enough. I'm like, how often do you stretch? And he goes, well, I don't, but I know that's not long enough. I go, mind your business. Like, seriously. So is, do you find that training, I mean, obviously you've had your clients for long periods of time. Someone in their 50s, 60s and older, do you find that their training has to change? Are there things that you impart that are different? Is mobility more important for them? Are you doing fascial work? Are there other things that you find really, really important? So I saw a thing years and years ago that said, when we're born, we don't move, right? We, we sit and we just kind of wiggle around. And then our movement patterns increase, right? And we start, you know, we crawl, we walk, we run. Then we start playing. Then we go into sports and we go into a bunch of different sports. And then we specialize in one sport. And, and it drew this graph. It's like this and then like that. And it said, and then we go into the one sport and then our sporting career ends and then we start working and our movement patterns decrease and then we get old and we can't really move much and we sort of end up exactly the way we started like in one place not being able to do much and it was a thing about try to maintain as many uh, the ability to execute as many movements and movement patterns as possible so i try to challenge myself with that and i would do the same with people uh, that I work with who are older, you know, I, I handed a guy a jump rope the other day. He goes, I, uh, I haven't jump rope in years. I go, perfect time to bring that back. That is so funny. And yeah. It, it was funny because you watched him do it and it was, it, he was struggling because I think he thought I'm going to jump right back into when I used to. And I said, you want me to say something? Or you want me to let you find it? And he goes, let me find it. A typical guy answer. And didn't ask he, for directions. Third, Did not ask for directions. Nope. Kidding. Exactly. I don't need any help. Uh, and by the third time through, he was crushing it. Mm. And I didn't ask him, but you could see on his face there was the pride of I jump rope. You know, it's another skill. Mm. It's another arrow in my quiver. Another thing I can do. And and I think giving people not giving. I think exposing people to all those different things so that then they know or they remind themselves of what they can do. That's a powerful tool. You go out in the world, you feel a little better, right? You can, you can ride a bike, you can jump a rope, you can, it's just another skill set, right? I think that, I think that's important for people in general, because I do believe that thing I read that you start with no movement patterns. It goes, it goes and it, it, it diverges and then it converges and it ends up with no movement patterns. I want to hold that window open as long as I can mm. with everything. I think that that's a very valuable. And, and after we're done talking about hypertrophy, I really do want to circle back on this mindset component because we've been talking about training. We've been talking about what is effective for fat loss, but sprinkled in there, it's all really about motivation and what is going to keep someone consistent and kind of push that lever for them. So it, it's certainly not lost on me. And, and I'm sure that that's part of the magic of you being effective at what you do. In a hypertrophy plan, let's say someone is their normal average weightlifter who kind of goes into the gym, not really structured. Today, I'm going to do back. Tomorrow, I'm going to do, uh, no, I'm sorry, Monday is universal chest day. And, uh, you know, they're kind of just unstructured. How would you think about structuring for maybe not a beginner, or it could be a beginner, but maybe a more intermediate weightlifter uh, as it relates to hypertrophy? 
I think you split into, and they're coming at, and they're newbies, right? They're new to this. They haven't trained like this. Uh, I would, I would split them probably. Uh, it's not that different from what I do now. I, I would change the rep schemes and I would pull out the cardio stuff, but I would, I would put them probably a push pull split, probably more like uh, back and biceps. I don't think people have the luxury of training one body part every time they're in the gym. And I don't think the average person, at least not that I know is going to train like two a days. Like they're not doing, you know, who has time for that? Sometimes, but sometimes even professional athletes, I worked in the NBA, you know, so those guys are, are cranking out 20 minute workouts. Remember they have practice. They have, they work with their skill coach. They have athletic training room for recovery. And then, you know, you got to get them in the weight room when you can. And sometimes it's 20 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. It is what it is, but they don't have that kind of time. So, yeah, I, I don't know, but you read like some of the pro bodybuilders, I, you know, they did legs in the morning, abs at night. Or, you know, I'm just like, God, that's cool, but not real. It's not, it's not in my wheelhouse. Um, so I would probably push pull split. Um, and that's the same day. Probably, so that's so one day they would do. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so let's say like you said it, international chest day, I probably, it would probably be chest and chest and triceps, right. Uh, on Monday. And the next time I saw them, if that's Tuesday, if it's Wednesday, whatever it is, it would probably be, it would probably be back and biceps or it might be legs to give the upper body even more time off. So lower extremity. Um, and then it would be back and biceps the next time kind of thing. And I'd probably do legs, maybe, uh, maybe it'd be back and biceps and legs and shoulders final or switch it and do legs first. That way you're not fighting for stuff in the gym. If everybody else is doing mm-hmm. chest and you know, you get legs and shoulders together, or I would do the other way to do it is to prioritize by what they see uh, where, where they really want to focus, right? Like sure they're new to it, but they're all going to have something that in their mind's eye that you have to factor in what the, I'm, I'm the kind of trainer who I factor in what the person wants. I don't just go forget what you want. I'm running the show. I don't have that ego. Okay. If you tell me that you're super concerned with your shoulders or your last, I, I will find a way to prioritize that in the programming. Right, so that you get the feeling that I've addressed your concern, and you get the feeling in whatever lagging or underdeveloped or you know needs more TLC body part or area you have, because it might not be a might not be a body part if we're talking you know biceps, tri- chest, back, shoulders, legs. It might be an area on the back, and then we'll target that. And when we're training in a way that's hitting that, I will remind you that that was something you wanted and and try to feel it in that area you want to connect that that mind muscle connection is super powerful too you have to talk people through it it can't just be repping and chatting they have to know you know you don't have to do the grimacing unless that's your thing but you have to i want you to feel are you feeling what we're doing we're doing back are you are you pulling are you abducting the scapula are your shoulder blades rotating inwards are you pulling down so you feel the lat contract downward i was just working with matt wenning if you know matt um power lifter incredible world record holder and matt said you know when you when you do these rows if you're not pulling in and down and trying to put your elbow towards the bottom part of the lat you're not really firing the lat as intensely as you could and i thought that's a great cue that's a great way to say that in and down 
So you, you have, I want to program in a way that I, that they know that their concerns are being addressed and in a way that's going to serve them. So it would probably be a push-pull that I would separate uh, and have lower extremity and how many, so, um, on a different day. Are they hitting each body part uh, twice in a week for hypertrophy? Do they need to hit it more? Is it more the volume of what they – Kate. Yeah. Case point. Case by case, who are they? Like you can't, you, you know, got to hit everything twice a week. Okay, what if they can only come to you three times a week? What are we going to do? Are we going to do more of a full body work? And if they're brand new to this, that would probably serve them. But if we're, if they're farther in and they want to start splitting it up, then we're going to have to find a way to split it up and, and get everything. You know, maybe they can't come that many times a week. Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a, they can't get away from work that much or, you know, who knows? And then you have to, then that, then this is where part of that, you know, magic coaching ingredient comes. You have to manage expectations in a way that doesn't deflate them because you could just as easily deflate them. And then they go, oh, you know, I can't, it's not going to work for me. And then they're just back to zero. You have to find a way to encourage and, and get them to, to, to get the most out of what they have. Not, you know, it's, a, it's, it's that same thing you tell your kids, right? You're, you get what you get. You don't get upset, happy for what you have, not unhappy for what you don't have. Don't, don't be unhappy that you don't have sprinkles. Be happy that you got the ice cream, right? I know you wanted the sprinkles, but they didn't have them. So we just got ice cream. We're not going to sit here and, and just bitch about no sprinkles. We're going to be excited about the ice cream. So if they can get two days a week, three days a week, I'm going to give them credit for that versus beating them up for what they didn't do, which is also why I start people usually twice a week because the hardest part is getting them to build it into their schedule. Everybody has a schedule. Problem. And, and ultimately it becomes a non-negotiable though. Right. Even if you're tight on time, the healthier and stronger you are, the more capable you're going to be in all domains of life. It, it, it does for me, but I can't, again, I can't push that on you. But, you know, like I traveled today with a group and, and we left early and I knew we were leaving early and I went to the gym early and the hotel, I was in Paris and the hotel so the gym opens at seven. I go, the gym, wait a minute, the gym, not the restaurant. Then the gym opens at seven. I said, I got to get in there at four. And the guy goes, oh, it's tough. And I said, look, I'll come down. And I went down at four and they let me in. And they got security to let me in because there, there was no way I was going to fly all day and arrive and think, can I go to the gym now? Mm. There's just no way. I, I wanted to get it done. So for me, it's a non-negotiable, but I don't put that on everybody. You might say, oh, that's crazy. You should have slept. All right. Well, I, I, how about I slept on the plane? How about, you know, there are ways to, to do it and you pick your poison. I know how I want to feel, how I want to look. So for me, it's a non-negotiable. That's what you say. I don't I'm know. That, I think, we, I I think you should. And, and we else. could probably change the trajectory of how we all age. I mean, just that. Well, I put it – so so maybe – so maybe I, I spoke too quickly. Um, I don't put it on them directly, but I show up and they see that I look a certain way, feel a certain way, act a certain way. My demeanor's better. I'm capable. I'm, I can, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm happier. And I, and I think a lot of that to me, I know for me, a lot of that is connected to Whatever well, we I are human animals designed to move. So that, that would make a lot of sense. So we talked about fat loss. I really love the high intensity interval type stuff. I'm going to actually start incorporating this after this conversation. 
Uh, we talked about hypertrophy. Basically, the big takeaway is so. It, also, the I didn't ask you um, rep ranges, or is it really just based on? I'm just going to say that. Yeah, rep range has to drop for hypertrophy. You got, you got to bring it down. You have to you have to be pushing towards failure in those lower rep ranges, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the eight to twelve is what they used to say for hypertrophy, but now studies come out that that you can see hypertrophy gains in any rep range where you approach failure. So failure, technical failure, right? When your form begins to to crumble, then that's kind of when the set's over, right? Maybe squeak out one rep, two reps after that. But but you do, you definitely want to challenge yourself. If you're finishing your set, let's say you say it's six reps and it's like four, five, six, done, you need to either add weight or add reps. Same thing if you're in the higher rep range, it's 13, 14, 15, done. You, that doesn't mean you trained to 15. That means you, you just didn't push yourself. You have to be reaching – Tech, keeping good form, reaching technical failure. You have to be pushing towards failure. You don't have to reach failure, but they say you should be inching towards failure with your sets. And again, not every set, but you want to you want to push you yourself. Find That's that what this is all about. There are certain movements that everybody should be able to do physically. Granted, as long as they don't have an injury, should they all be able to squat? Should someone all be everyone be able to deadlift? Are there certain things people should be able to do? I'm a fan of squatting and deadlifting because I see uh, playing with my kids. I see the squatting comes, the, the squatting happens all the time. Lunging happens all the time. And then functional lunges, like if you go Juan Carlos Santana out of Florida, you know, years ago did reaching lunges, twisting lunges. I, I incorporate a lot of that stuff because, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids, but those are movements in real life. Um, deadlifting, I think. You know, yeah. de- I think the name deadlifting does it a disservice, right? I think a lot of people are put off just because of that word, and and you shouldn't be. You are deadlifting all the time. You are, especially mm-hmm. with Amazon, you know, packages to the house. Mm-hmm. You are deadlifting now more than ever. So, I think do it in the gym. If you, if if a woman's you know deadlifting in the gym, you know, when she's at home doing something that she might not have done 30, 40, 50 years ago. It's going to be easier if a man is deadlifting in the gym and then he actually is called upon to do something that men used to do back Not in like the day. Not like throw out the garbage. He's going to be able to, to summon yeah, yeah, yeah. that ability. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. just yeah. making That's a bad thing for you. I see it. I see it. How important is it to track the uh, high-intensity interval training? So how important is it to show improvement? For example, if you're using the assault bike, are you looking to see improvement are you looking to see improvement in weights? How important is it to track to see if we're meeting certain metrics? I would say that's case by case. I know some people love that and some people, you know, they die by the data. They they just, they got to see the numbers. They mm-hmm. want to know. It's not, that's not my thing. I don't do it for me. I don't do it for you. Uh, you know, the last thing I wanted somebody to do something and say, I, I, I was doing that heavier last week. Okay, whatever. But you weren't today, and I, and remember, you just came off of two flights. You shorted your sleep. You didn't have your usual breakfast. I, I'm not looking. Again, you're not a weightlifter. You're not powerlifting. This is not a. This is not a. This is not a meet. There's no reason for you to get to that number if you're not going to be able to execute. Just so we can say what you were. You didn't get to the number. I, I don't need to do that with you. Um, we can log it if you want, but to me you're not at that i don't know people are not 
what is that about? You're going to get so caught up in that data. If you're the person that needs it, I think by all means you should do that. My brother is an avid, avid cyclist, like three, four, five hour rides. Uh, Sounds like a terrible idea. Where he lives. And he, he sends me this data thing and it's mind blowing. The, the ascent, the heart rate, the, the miles travel, the kilometers travel. It's just like, and I know that keeps him going and he, and he looks to crush that every time he's out there and he does, and that's his thing. And so by all means, I would never take that from him. But for me, I'd rather just go on a bike ride. That's just me. And I'll still work up a sweat and I'll still feel good and I'll still feel like I got my heart working, but I don't need to look at numbers and pour over them at the end of the day. I don't. I couldn't tell you rep ranges. I, don't, I just don't do that. What about your heart rate variability? Are there things that people that you feel should be tracked or, or you feel that it's somewhat, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, in, in your mouth, but a little bit of a distraction to be tracking all of this stuff, all this data. Yeah. Again, I would use RPE, right? Rate of perceived exertion. I will talk to you during that. And I say something like, um, I have this thing called a ladder mill by uh, the company's called Brewer's Ledge. They did the tread wall. I have one of those outside, but I have the ladder mill inside and it's this 10 foot ladder uh, wider, about, about, the, about the width of two standard ladders. And I can put it so it's inverted, right? So, so the person can actually have their feet underneath them or I can put it at an angle where it's an easier climb. And I can put it just vertical and I can have you do it with just arms or hold the bars on the outside, just legs or climb it like the ladder and i'll say to you during it how we doing and sometimes it's a real clipped fine sometimes it's i'm good i feel that and there's a little more of a sense okay so now i know i can bump the speed up and then sometimes i'll say how we doing and they'll say nothing and i'll say don't want to talk about it now bad time catch it at a bad time and i'll get a laugh and i'll know that they're working right where i want to be working right you're you're just no. past the point of chit chat so we're probably in the higher range, which means we're doing this the way I want to do it. I don't need I don't need the heart rate monitor. If you want to have a heart rate monitor and get off and look at that, and a lot of people do because it comes on their Apple Watches. So they're tracking that all the time. That's great. I see a lot of people looking at it. But it can be and, done and, and you can get results without all of this this stuff. You know, I I got to tell you, I, I would have to say, Gunnar, I'm probably more in your camp that obviously I track blood work and, you know, et cetera. But when it comes to training, it, it can be distracting. It'll be distracting for people. And then it becomes not necessarily a motivating factor, but just a whole bunch of distraction as opposed to focusing in and getting the work done and, and really putting in the time, effort, and energy. Well, if it's not a, if it's not a distraction within the workout, where I see it is afterwards, I didn't burn as many calories as I thought. And I go, okay, here we go. So to me, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's an even, it's another, it has a lot of similarities with a scale, right? And scales are great and it's a wonderful tool and it's great to know and all that. But you know, how many people really weigh what they have on their driver's license? Come on. Uh, and I, and I go like this, look, if you look at your body in the mirror, and you love what you see and everything's sitting just right and you feel unbelievable. And the number you had, let's say as a woman, in your mind for your best body ever was 135. And 
you're feeling great. You look great naked. That's the true one, not in your clothes, right? And you get on the scale and it says 140 or 142. How are you going to feel? And I have some people who will say to me, oh, I'd be so upset. I'd be so sad. Mm. I would be, I would start crying. And I go, but you're allowing an inanimate object now to dictate your mood. And then I'll flip it. And I go, what about the other way? What about you look in the mirror? It looks like Isaac Newton personally attacked you and gravity is just pulling everything down. You feel awful. You have no energy. You don't like what you see in the mirror. You get on the scale and it says 127. Oh my God, I would be so happy. That's crazy. I go, but that is crazy, but I don't want to say that word, but yeah, that's crazy. You are telling, you are empowering that tool to change your mood. How about go with your mood? Let's just be honest. Look in the mirror, find a mirror that you like because mirrors are not, you know, a mirror is not a mirror is not a mirror. Find a mirror that you like. Find a way to stand in it so the lighting hits you in a way that you like. Use that as your benchmark. And when you don't like what you see, take it up a notch. And when you love what you see, enjoy it and have a great day. Like, let's stop analyzing it all. You're spending so much time analyzing. Go live your life. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I, I don't know. I've only been to a few funerals. I don't remember any of them where they had the person's vitals and body fat and weight uh, you know, on the, on the brochure at the funeral home. That's just not how it works, guys. Yeah. So you, you probably saw a lot and do see a lot of fixation on this external number, body fat percentage, whatever it is, be just because of the industry. Yeah. But I'm also not saying, look, if that's your thing and that's what guides you and that's what keeps, that's what keeps you from going off the rails, by all means, go for it. But I don't think that's for everybody. And I think you have to honestly you have to look back and, and honestly evaluate, is it, is it detrimental to your end goal? Are you, are you unnecessarily, you know, bludgeoning yourself yes. with these numbers when, damn, give yourself some credit. Like, like the person who, who said, you know, when I, when I look like this, then I didn't like it looking back at it. Now I do. That's a powerful thing. You don't want to spend the time beating yourself up and then later go, wow, I really look great. I shouldn't have beat myself up. I don't know. Just take it. You know, you can't. You can't stay in in having your fighting weight all the time. There are days when you're you're not your best. There are days when you're beyond your best. So it, it's all going to come out in the wash if you're constantly applying yourself and you're varying the intensity and you're you're sticking roughly to your plan. I don't think you should be weighing your food when you're on your honeymoon or when you're on a vacation. I think that's weird, but. I'm not judging you. If that's what you want to do and that makes you feel great, then by all means you do. You're probably saying, I don't think you should be working out at four in the morning. Okay, I understand. I hear you. But I know what makes me happy. And I think if I think that's what it's going to come down to. Are you happy with your program? If you're not, then then evaluate it. Take a take a look at what you're doing, what's causing you the unhappiness. And I think a lot of people don't make that connection between fitness and happiness. And ultimately the fitness should give you all the things you want in your life and, and lead you towards, you know, happiness and prosperity and, and fun, man, have some fun. There's a lot of shit in life that's not fun. So let the fitness be fun. Gunnar Peterson, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on this podcast. And I can't wait to work out with you at four in the morning when I come to uh, 
Tennessee. To yeah, to, to Nashville. That's yep. going to be uh, quite fun. So I'll keep you all posted. I was honored to I was honored to be on this podcast. I watch, I see it, I hear it, I see the people doing it, I see the people tagging you, I see the comments, and I'm like, I love what she's about. When you your workout stuff, you're telling people to train, I'm like, she's not even a trainer and she's pushing the message. I love Thank it. Thank you. It's a great message. Thank you. It's a valid message. That what's because I care about people and it is you know, truly everyone's looking for this fountain of youth and I don't think we're going to find it anywhere else. I just don't. It's in muscle. That's how we're going to leverage it. This is as, it's as close to the, I've said it before, it's as close to the fountain as the exercise is as close to the fountain of youth as I've ever found. I would agree with you. And I'm so grateful. I'm not looking forward to the four in the morning, but I'll be there. I will be there. And where can people find you? I will tag all of your stuff. You're all over the place doing all kinds of things. But where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Gunner Fitness on Instagram. Perfect. That's the one. Perfect. That's the one. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep uh, leading from the front. You're tearing it up. And it's, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no patient-doctor relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast, YouTube, or materials linked from the podcast or YouTube is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.